All right, good morning, everybody. It's good to be back again. Might be a little rusty today, so y'all bear with me. Um, we're going to continue on in the book of Joshua, where we picked up last time. Um, last time we looked at uh, Rahab in the, in the book of Joshua, and just pointing out the fact that she, she put that scarlet cord in the window, which symbolized her faith in the Lord. Um, and there, were, there was no work on her part that, that saved her in the eternal sense. Um, if, you'll turn, if you'll begin with me in Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, it says, By faith the heart that Rahab perished not, but then that believed not, when she had received the despised with peace. Um, and it, it says she perished not with them that believed not. It doesn't say she perished not with them that you know, wouldn't turn from all their sins or didn't, didn't have any you know, good works. It, it simply says that they believed not. Okay, she believed they didn't. It's, it's as simple as that. That's what salvation in the Lord is all about. That's what it's always been about, is by believing, not of works. Um, the last part of verse 31 there says that when, when, she, when she had received the spies with peace, and a lot of people will say, well, say, see, she had works. No, because receiving is just a synonym for believing. Okay, um, go to John chapter 1 with me real quick. John chapter 1. And look at verse 12, John 1 and verse 12. <clears throat> it says, But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Okay, so you receive the good news of the gospel of Christ and you believe it. Okay, those are synonyms in the Bible, receiving and believing. Okay, just like Rahab received those messengers and she believed the Lord. Okay, um, back up to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10 real quick. And look at verse 40. Matthew 10 and verse 40, it says, He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Okay, so receiving and believing. Okay, no, no works involved whatsoever in salvation. It's very clear. People say, well, in the Old Testament, um, you know, they were justified by the law. Really? Okay, well, go, here's a good one. Go to, go to Psalm, the book of Psalm uh, 143, back at the Old Testament. Psalm 143. This is a psalm written by David. And David was born under the law, right? Um, Psalm, Psalm 143. Beginning in verse 1 here. It says, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In thy faithfulness answer me, and in thy righteousness. Now thy, if you're in the King James Bible, thy is actually singular. Okay, and you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't understand all the thys and the yees and all that. Well, if it starts with a T, like it's in thy, it's singular. If it starts with a Y, it's plural. It says ye, it's referring to a, you know, a group of people. Okay. Well, thy here is singular, and it's referring to the Lord's faithfulness and the Lord's righteousness. David, David is pleading with the Lord on the basis of the Lord's faithfulness and the Lord's righteousness, not his own. Okay. Verse 2 says, And enter not into judgment with thy servant. David says, Don't judge me by my righteousness, but by thy righteousness. Right. They, they, and then look at the next part of verse 2. It says, For in thy sight shall no man living be justified. Now that sounds familiar, doesn't it? This is in the Old Testament now, right? Okay, go to the New Testament book of Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. 
And look at verse 20. <clears throat> and Paul says here, Therefore by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Okay? So Paul here, Paul repeats the same thing that David said under the law. So was anybody in the Old Testament saved or justified by keeping the law? No. Okay, not Rahab, not even David. Okay, David didn't, didn't even want the, ju- the Lord to judge him by his own righteousness, but by the Lord's righteousness. Okay, and that's pictured in the book of Joshua by that scarlet cord that, uh, that Rahab hung in the window, and it was a picture of Jesus in the book of Joshua of his righteousness and his faithfulness that we get behind so that he doesn't enter into judgment with us, okay, based on our own righteousness. Because, you know, like it says in Isaiah 64, that our righteousness is as a filthy rag, okay? We don't want to stand before the Lord with our righteousness, right? Um, they say, you know, they'll say, well, you're not saved by works, but you're saved by a faith that works. No, you're not. No, you're not, okay? You're saved by a faith that believes. That's it, okay? A faith that trusts in his blood, because that's what Rahab did. Um, John six twenty eight. Jesus said, uh, they said, they said unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? In other words, what can we do to, to earn salvation is what they were saying. Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he hath sent. Okay? Your work has nothing to do with salvation. Okay? Um, matter of fact, uh, while we're here in the New Testament, go to, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. If you, if you believe you're saved by faith that works, if your works have anything to do with salvation, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 where it talks about the believer's judgment. Skip down to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse verse 15. It says, If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So, you know, they'll say, well, a genuine faith, and the word genuine is not in the Bible anywhere when it pertains to your faith, okay? It's either, you either have faith or you don't. There's no such thing as a genuine faith. They say you, you have a genuine faith, you have to have works. Well, Paul says here in verse 15, he says if all your works burned up as a believer, you'd still be saved, right? So do works have anything to do with your salvation? Not before, not after, not at all. It has nothing to do with your salvation, okay? Um, so people are always trying to slip, somehow slip works into salvation through the front door, through the back door, uh, but there's, there's no wiggle room in the Bible at all. Okay, There's no room for it in Scripture. There's just belief. That's all there is. The religious people don't like it, but that's just the way it is. You know, it's great to get saved and clean up your life. You should. Okay, If you're smart, you will. Uh, we want that, but don't mix that in with salvation. Okay, If somebody gets saved and they continue in sin, and to some degree we all do, whether in word, thought, or deed, uh, Paul makes it clear that where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, okay? Um, and thank the Lord for that, right? Uh, but this is a beautiful picture of Jesus and Joshua, the, the scarlet thread. You, you get in the house, um, like, just like the Passover, um, being in Christ by the blood, okay? By believing, just like Rahab did, okay? And, there, you know, something else you want to think about, and you can read this story, there were probably a lot of good people, quote, good people in Jericho, you know, a lot better than Rahab. You know, Rahab was a heart. That's, that's at the bottom of the, bottom of the ladder, right, um, as far as morality is concerned. But there's probably a lot more moral, uh, upstanding people in that, in that, in that city um, that weren't prostitutes. Um, but Rahab is in heaven, and they're in hell, okay? Um, this idea that good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell, wrong, completely wrong. Everybody's bad in God's eyes. Everybody's falling short, um, and, and, and that's what this, this study shows us. Um, everybody in Jericho was bound for judgment, but Rahab believed. Okay, that's what set her apart. She was spared, 
And it's that simple. That's the beauty of the gospel. It's a free gift. It requires nothing of us. It's all about what he did. And that's the beautiful picture of what we see of Rahab in the book of Joshua. You know, if you're in Christ, you're saved. If you're not in Christ, you're not saved. Okay, that's the simplicity of Christ that Paul talks about. Um, Rahab probably, you know, she probably changed her occupation once she, she got in with the, with the children of Israel. You know, I'm pretty sure she probably did. Um, but if that were a requirement, don't you think God would have mentioned that, you know, somewhere in the Bible, you know, in Hebrews, for example. But no, it, it simply states how she believed. That's all it says. She perished not within that believed not. Um, but moving on, uh, let's look at some other good pictures of, of parallels of Jesus and Joshua. Go to, go to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. <clears throat> and this is where we actually see a picture of the rapture, believe it or not. Um, I cannot get this earpiece right. Uh, Joshua chapter 6 and verse 5. And as you turn there, I'm going to read you a famous passage about the rapture in the New Testament. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and verse 16, we'll compare these. It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of, an archangel, of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then which we are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Okay? Now, Let's look at Joshua chapter 6 and verse 5. And it says, And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you, shall, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, we just read about that, right? And all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people, listen to this, shall ascend up every man straight before him. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's a pretty cool parallel. So the trumpet sounds, there's a, a shout, and the people ascend. Okay? Probably just a coincidence, right? I doubt it, but okay. That's, that's a really cool one, though. Another thing you'll see in Joshua that uh, relates to the end times is the parallel between Jericho and Babylon, believe it or not. Jericho was the first city they came to when they crossed the Jordan. Um, still in Joshua chapter 6, let's look at some similarities between Jericho and Babylon. Okay, number one, <clears throat> they were both burned with fire or will be burned with fire. Joshua chapter 6 and verse, uh, let's see, 24. It says, And they burnt the city with fire, and all that was therein. Okay. Um, now skip, skip over to, to Revelation chapter 18. Speaking of Babylon, Revelation chapter 18, skip down to verse 8. It says, Therefore shall her plagues, speaking of Babylon, her plagues come in one day, death and mourning, and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Okay, another similarity, pretty cool. Um, uh, both are preceded in, in, in destruction by seven trumpets. Okay, we saw that um, in, in uh, Joshua chapter 6 and verse 4. It says, uh, And Joshua the son of Nun called the priests uh, called the priests and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant, let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the, the ark of the Lord. So you had seven trumpets there. And then in, in, in Revelation, of course, in Revelation chapter 11, you'll see the same thing, that there were seven trumpets of the Lord that are blown before the destruction of Babylon. Okay, Number three, um, both Jericho and Babylon were cursed to never be built again. Okay, Look at Joshua chapter 6, there in verse 26. <clears throat> it says, um, 
And Joshua adjured them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth his city Jericho. Um, he shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn, and in the youngest, his youngest son uh, shall he set up the gates of it. Okay? And, of course, this, was, this is after Jer- Jericho was destroyed. Um, now, I want to mention that, that Joshua didn't say that, that Jericho uh, wouldn't be built again. Um, he, he, cursed, he just cursed the one who rebuilt it. Okay? And, and this actually happened. That's the reason I say this. It, it actually happened at the time of the kings. 1 Kings chapter 16. Actually, we'll go there. 1 Kings chapter 16. Just to show that this came to pass. First Kings 16, look at verse um, 34. Verse 34. <clears throat> it says, In his days did, did Hiel, the, the Bethelite, build Jericho. He laid the foundation thereof in Abiram, his firstborn, and set up the gates thereof in his youngest son, Segub, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Joshua, the son of Nun. Okay, and so, you know, it's not like this man just accidentally built Jericho, you know, and his sons were victims. You know, he knew what he was doing. This was a very wicked time under, under King Ahab, um, and uh, he, knew what, he knew what he was doing. So when he lays the foundation, his, his firstborn son dies, and then when he hangs the gates, his, his, his next son dies. So all this comes, that curse comes to fruition there. Um, same thing with Babylon. Um, go to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 25, real quick. Jeremiah 25. Jeremiah 25, look at verse uh, 12. It says, And it shall come to pass, when seventy years are accomplished, that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, saith the Lord, for their iniquity in the land of the Chaldeans, and will make it a perpetual desolation. And I will bring upon that land all my words which I have pronounced against it, even all that all is written in this book, which Jeremiah hath prophesied against all the nations. Okay, So Jericho was cursed to... to to, to, uh, to be built, Babylon was never to be inhabited. Okay, and of course, both are associated. Um, another thing is that both are associated with a harlot, right? Um, uh, Jericho is, is known mostly because of Rahab. That's why we, really why we know Jericho, the harlot. Um, Babylon, in um, Revelation chapter 17, you don't have to turn there, but it says, upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. Okay, so that's something they both have in common. So both are associated with a harlot. Um, both were burned with fire. Both were preceded by, uh, both are destroyed after seven trumpets. And both were cursed to not be built or to not be inhabited. So that's, that's pretty interesting. That those two, there are parallels there. So, um, but now some parallels between Joshua and Jesus, because that's really the main theme of this study is Jesus in the Old Testament. Um, number one, that they both have the same name. We already talked about that one in a previous study. Um, we always discuss that. Um, Jesus in the New Testament parallels Joshua in the Old Testament. Um, the names are interchangeable. Um, we saw that in Acts chapter 7. Actually, turn there real quick. We'll look at that one. Acts chapter 7. There's, it's also in Hebrews chapter 4, but go to Acts chapter 7. For time's sake, we'll just look at this one. Acts 7 verse 44. It says, Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness, as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses, 
that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen. Uh, verse 45, which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus, okay, into the possession of the Gentiles, and God drove out before the face of our fathers into the days of David. So um, that, that's Joshua. It's, it's, it's translated into the, to the Greek as, as, as Jesus because Old Testament names change when they're translated into Greek. Okay? It's not because they didn't know how to spell. It's not because there, there's error in the Bible. Um, you know, we saw that with Noah is Noe, uh, Elijah is Elias, and, and Jonah is Jonas, okay? and so forth and so on. You see that throughout Scripture. Um, number two, um, both Jesus and Joshua succeeded Moses. Um, Moses died. Joshua took over. Um, he continued in the work where Moses left off. Um, same thing with Jesus. Um, John, John 1, 17, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Both followed Moses in some, in some respect. Okay? Number, number three, they were both chosen by God. Uh, look at Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Sorry, I got a lot of verses up there. I know it, I had to write small. I went through a lot of scripture here, but Matthew chapter 12. And look at verse 15. It says, But when Jesus knew it, uh, he, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all, and charged them that they should not make him known, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, the prophet, saying, Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. Okay? And then, of course, you know, we see in Joshua chapter 1 that Moses was dead. You know, you don't have to turn there, but Moses died, and then Joshua was chosen to lead the people into the land. So they were both chosen by God. That's another parallel between Joshua and Jesus. Uh, number four, here's another interesting similarity. Joshua was uh, of the tribe of Ephraim. Okay, and Ephraim is also known as the tribe of Joseph. Okay, uh, now technically there's not a tribe called Joseph, but Joseph received a double portion. You can read about that in, in uh, Genesis chapter 48. Um, and his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, each became his own tribe. But the Bible does refer to a tribe of Joseph. Um, uh, go, go to uh, Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7. And look at verse 8. And it mentions this tribe of Joseph. Of the tribe of Zebulun were, were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Joseph were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. So it's either, it's either referring to Ephraim, um, or Manasseh separately, or the two together, you know, which would be the house of Joseph, right? The two combined, um, or the tribe of Joseph, because Ephraim was one of Joseph's sons. And so Joshua was, of, Joshua was of the tribe of Ephraim, or Joseph, and what was the name of the man who raised Jesus? Joseph, you know. Coincidence? I don't think so, you know. I don't think so. But another interesting thing is that Jesus was born in a place called Bethlehem Ephrata, right? Um, Joshua was of the tribe of Ephraim, and Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Ephrata. Okay, and you can read that in Micah chapter five. Um, but I'm, we're not, we won't go there today for time's sake. And Ephrata means fruitful. Okay, and Ephraim was named that because in Genesis chapter forty-two, you know, God gave gave Josh, uh, Joseph children while he was in captivity in, in Egypt. So that's why he was it was named uh, 
That's why it means fruitful. So Jesus was born in a place that bears the name of Ephraim. That's, that's interesting because I mean, it means fruitful, and it's the same tribe that Joshua belonged to. Okay? Again, there's no coincidences in the Bible, just a lot of amazing uh, parallels that link up together as you read. Uh, number five, Joshua and, both Joshua and Jesus, they fulfilled all that the Lord had them to do. Okay, go to Joshua, back up to Joshua again. If you don't have a place in Joshua, keep one because we're going to keep flipping back and forth. Joshua chapter 11. Joshua 11. And look at verse 15. It says, As the Lord commanded Moses his servant, so did Moses command Joshua. And so did Joshua. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. Okay? Um, Joshua fulfilled his duty. He did everything the Lord had for him to do. And guess what? So did Jesus. Jesus fulfilled the law. Okay? He said in Matthew, uh, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Okay? Jesus fulfilled the law, the only one that ever kept the law. and fulfilled the law. So Jesus and Joshua fulfilled everything that God had for them to do. Okay. Uh, number six, uh, and that, that kind of brings us to the next one here. They both succeeded in something that, that Moses was unable to do, okay, to bring the children of Israel into the promised land. Um, Joseph, uh, Joseph did that. Uh, sorry, Joshua did that, I'm sorry. Uh, well, in the same way, uh, the law was unable to save us, Okay. Uh, go to Romans chapter 8 real quick. Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8, look at verse 3. <clears throat> it says here, uh, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Okay. So in short, Jesus came in and He did what the law failed to do because of our sinful flesh. Okay. Jesus did what Moses failed to do. Okay. Moses couldn't bring the people into the promised land Okay, because he messed up. Um, the law... In the same way, the law won't get you into heaven. Okay, um, this is the this is the lie that you hear today among you know so many false teachers. They they won't you know they won't say well you have to keep the law. They'll say they'll say well you have to turn from all your sin and, and believe in Jesus to be saved. Well, they'll say well, you had to stop lying. Got to stop all your lying. Well, that's the ninth commandment, right? To not bear false witness. And they'll say well you got to stop all your stealing. Well, that's the eighth commandment. Okay. So what are they telling you to do? Telling you to keep the law. That's what they're telling you to do. Well, that won't save you. You know, uh, Jesus fulfilled the law. When you put your faith in, in Christ, you're dead to the law. You know, Christ is the end of the law to all them that believe. And again, Jesus and Joshua did what Moses failed to do. Okay. Number seven, both Jesus and Joshua, when they were young, they remained in God's house when everybody else left. This is probably one you may have missed with, with Joshua, especially. Everybody knows the story about Jesus. Um, Luke chapter two records the story of. Uh, when Jesus was 12 years old, everybody knows the story. Um, they went to Jerusalem. Um, his family, they returned, and Jesus, you know, they said, where's Jesus? You know, a day later, they couldn't, they couldn't find him. And about three days later, they find him in the temple, right? 
You say, so what? What's that got to do with, with Joshua? Well, I'll show you. Go to, go to Exodus chapter 33, and you may have missed this little, this little detail. It's, it's easy to miss. Exodus chapter 33. In verse 11, Exodus 33 and verse 11, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend, and he turned again into the camp. Here it is. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Isn't that cool? Everybody leaves, and Joshua stays behind in the tabernacle. Okay, that's exactly what Jesus did, right? Again, there's no coincidences in the Bible. Jesus said in the volume of the book, it is written of me. Okay, and he wasn't kidding. We see this, you know, as we keep going in this study, everything's about Jesus. Um, number eight, we've still got some to go. The fame of, it says, the fame of both spread throughout the country, right? Um, go, to, if you go back to Joshua again, Joshua chapter 6. It all points to Christ. Jesus, uh, Joshua chapter 6, verse 27. It says... Um, yeah, so the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was noised throughout all the country. Okay, go to Matthew chapter 9. I know this is a lot of verses, but you need to see this. I mean, you really need to look at it and read it. Matthew chapter 9. And look at verse 31. It says, but they... This is speaking of the, 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 the two men that he healed. Um, but they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country. Okay, just like Joshua, right? Uh, number nine, <clears throat> they both had many kings assembled together against them. Okay, and this is more of the end time pictures here that you see. Uh, go back to Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10. Joshua 10, verse 3. It says, Wherefore, uh, Adonai Zedek... I'm, I'm not, I, okay, basically, all these kings... I can't pronounce all these, these words. I'm not even going to try to. All, all these kings come up. Uh, verse 4, it says, uh, Come up to me and help me that we may smite Gibeon, for it had made peace with Joshua and with the children of Israel. Therefore, the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, the king of Eglon, gathered themselves together and went up, they, they and all their hosts, and camped before Gibeon and made war against it. Okay? So you have all these kings gathering together, okay, against Joshua, who is what? He's the Lord's anointed, right? Okay? Well, go to Psalm chapter 2. If you know your psalm, you, you know where I'm, where I'm getting at with this. It's one of my favorite psalms. This is the conspiracy theory psalm here. Uh, psalm 2, verse 1. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine the vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Okay, and of course, God laughs at them. Um, but it's the same thing that happens to Joshua. You have all these kings that gather against him. This is what's going to happen in the end times when, when the Lord returns. Okay, same exact picture. Awesome. Okay, um, number 10. Uh, they both conquer the promised land. Uh, go to Joshua. Go back to Joshua again, chapter eleven. We're almost through Joshua chapter eleven. <clears throat> Joshua eleven. Look at. Let's see. Uh, verse sixteen, and then we'll read verse twenty-three. 
Verse 16, so Joshua took all that land, the hills, the south country, and all the land of Goshen and the valley, the plain, and the mountain of Israel, and the valley of the same. Verse 23, so Joshua took the whole land, according to all the Lord said unto Moses, and Joshua gave it for an inheritance unto Israel, according to their divisions, by their tribes, and the land rested from war. Okay, well, guess what? Revelation 19, verse 11, shows Jesus coming back on a white horse. He's got his army of saints, which is us, behind him, and he conquers, and he rules from Jerusalem. Pretty cool, huh? Can't make this up. Uh, number 11, um, this would be probably the final one. Uh, they both circumcised the people, believe it or not. They both circumcised the people. Um, Joshua chapter 5, back up a little bit. Joshua chapter 5. And verse 2. Joshua 5 and verse 2. At that time the Lord said unto Joshua, Make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the heel of the foreskins. Okay? So in those days, circumcision was done with sharp knives. Okay? Um, it was a physical circumcision. Well, what does that have to do with Jesus? Well, because if you put, once you put your faith in Jesus, He circumcises you. Right. Circumcision of the heart. The moment you trust in Him, you were circumcised. Man or woman, it, it doesn't matter. You were circumcised. Go to Colossians chapter 2. Book of Colossians in the New Testament, chapter 2. In verse 11, Colossians 2, 11, it says, In whom, the whom is Jesus here, in whom also you are circumcised, with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Okay? And this is where the Lord separates, He puts off your, your flesh from your new man. Okay? This is why Paul says that when I sin, it's no longer I that sin, but the sin that dwelleth in me. Okay? That spiritual circumcision separated the, the new man and the old man, and anybody who teaches lordship salvation does not understand this concept. Okay? You just don't. Uh, to say that a person is not saved because they still practice sin or they still sin, whatever, shows that you don't understand spiritual circumcision. Okay, The old nature is still there. That's why we still sin every day, um, whether word, thought, or deed. But it's separate from our new man because we're in Christ. You know, So, so Joshua circumcised, Jesus circumcised. Okay, And we'll finish there today. But again, you know, Jesus said in the volume of the book, it is written to me, and we see that in Joshua. We've seen that through every book that we've gone through in order, in Scripture. And you just see that in the whole of Scripture. And we see that in our salvation, you know. It's, it's all about Him and what He did. It has nothing to do with us. Okay. We'll finish there today. Question or comment? So clear. So clear. So clear. Thank you. All right. Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You that it is so clear and how You made salvation so simple, Lord. It's all about Jesus. Just like in the Old Testament, Lord, like, like He said, in the volume of the book, it is written of me. And we're just so thankful that You made it so, so clear and so simple, Lord. Is there anybody listening to this today? Uh, realize you're a sinner that you have a sin debt that you can't pay, that Christ paid that debt. He died, He was buried, uh, He shed His blood, was buried, and rose on the third day to, to accomplish that salvation. If you'll simply put your trust, your faith in Him, you'll be saved just as you are. And we, we thank you that for that simple salvation, Lord. It's just so easy to understand, Lord. Um, pray that you'll um, bless our service today and, and that we'll, you'll be glorified in all that we do. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all. Thank you.